0: Hey there, it's so great to see you on the Paul Leslie Hour. Thank you for stopping by. You know, this is the home of interviews with some of the most interesting and most creative people on the planet. In today's episode, we present an interview Paul had with Cleto Escobedo III. Cleto's a saxophonist and vocalist, as well as band leader of Cleto and the Cletones. Now, some of you may recognize Cleto and the Cletones. And if you don't, I'll tell you. Cleto and the Cletones is the house band on the ABC late-night talk show, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Music is in Cleto's blood. His father, Cleto Escobedo Jr., is also a saxophonist. And both father and son can be seen and heard five nights a week nationwide on national television. You know, I need to ask you this question. Do you know what keeps these interviews going? Well, the answer is you. You keep it happening. You keep it going. The listener, the viewer. And you can help by spreading the word. Tell someone you know about the show. And you can also contribute by going to thepaullesley.com. The PaulLeslie.com, and when you're there, click on support the show and we thank you, every single one who's contributing well, it's time to get this show on the road in this interview, we meet the humble man Cleto Escobedo III if you're ready Paul, take it away
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great pleasure to welcome our special guest, the band leader of Cleto and the Cletones, the house band on the ABC late night television show, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Welcome to Cleto Escobedo III. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. It's it's great to talk to you.
2: Great. Yeah, good to talk to you.
1: I think most stories are best from the beginning. What was life like growing up?
2: It was uh I, I had a really fun childhood, you know. I was born in Las Vegas and when I was born my dad was already a traveling musician, so and I kinda grew up in the back of a sixty five Chevy driving around the country playing gigs with my dad. Well, not playing, but just traveling with my parents, you know, before school. So we had fun when my dad was on the road and he, he um I don't know, once he 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 quit pretty pretty early into my childhood I was like seven. And so we were I just grew up in Vegas, and I had a pretty normal childhood as normally like childhood you can have it in Las Vegas, but <laughs> it was a small town back then.
1: You just mentioned your father, your father is a musician like yourself. What kind of influence has your father had on you?
2: Well, he's had a lot of influence on me I mean you know both as a musician and mainly as a man and a human being, and you know, then Musically, there was always music playing in the house, and of course I was influenced by a lot of the stuff that he listened to and stuff like that. I'd go and see his bands, uh, you know, when I was really little. As a person, you just try to to do the right thing, treat everybody nice, and try to work on your craft as much as you can.
1: Well, tell us a little bit about your father's band. I think that's interesting.
2: He had a band. They originally were from San Antonio, Texas, originally called the Dell Kings, Dell, D-E-L-L-Kings, their dream was to come out to California or Vegas or whatever. Back then, you know, in the, in the late 50s, early 60s, Vegas was really happening. It was a rat pack time and all, everything. So, you anyway, know, long story short, they finally got to Las Vegas, and they changed their name to the Los Blues, and they played uh, played around town, but they, they landed like a house gig at the Sahara. They had a couple of shows there, and they would alternate with, you know, whoever was the headline, the Duke, from Duke Ellington to Louis Prima to, you Whoever else was kind of big there, but everybody would go see them because they would start at like the first show at was two, was two or three thirty in the morning. And then they'd go from there or they'd have two shows. So all the entertainers would go see them. So they were a pretty popular band there in town and everybody from Sammy Davis to Johnny Carson back then to even Elvis went a few times. And uh, so it's kind of a happen scene back then, but they had a really, really good band. Once they lost their, their, their gig at the, at the Sahara they recorded an album and kind of did some more stuff and they just went on the road and nothing really really came to the record they were a pretty popular band and pretty legendary there in Las Vegas.
1: In terms of your own musical loves what were some of your favorites when you were growing up?
2: My favorite I mean I, all my, like I, I really loved like R&B and funk stuff yeah you know? so growing up very early I liked I mean well more soul music but I, I liked Earth and Fire, Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone all that kind of stuff, more of the funk stuff. But I like I like everything. But that was what really influenced me more. And then early as a singer, like I loved Jackie Wilson and all that, all the '70s soul people, Marvin, all that kind of stuff. And of course, jazz and, and all that stuff.
1: You're a saxophone player, so tell us about some of the influences you have.
2: You know, I loved all the great, you know, Bird, Cannonball, Coltrane, and all the older guys but I don't really consider myself you know a jazz musician I I love jazz and everything but well I love Michael Brecker too that's that's like probably my favorite all time but the person I think who influenced me the most on the saxophone was again in Grover Washington Jr. me being more of an R&B sax player you know I I really gravitated toward him because he was really soulful and funky and I I just really loved the way he played and when I was a kid I emulated him a lot and I really liked him he was probably my biggest influence, other than, you know, obviously my father when I was really little.
1: Our special guest is Cleto Escobedo III. He's the band leader of Cleto and the Cletones. I wanted to ask you about Jimmy Kimmel. How did you first uh, meet him, and what was your impression of Jimmy?
2: <laughs> Jimmy and I first met, I was 10 years old and he was 9 years old, and we we happened to move on the same block in Las Vegas. It was a you new know, housing you know development, and... I was actually, I think I was riding my bike with kind of an overcast day, and I see this kind of skinny kid with sunglasses and boxing gloves just walking down the street. I kind of thought it was odd, and I really mean, do this kind of shades on and just, like, with boxing gloves. I didn't really... But I met him, and I thought we thought, I thought he was kind of odd, but soon thereafter, we became really close friends, and then we've been friends ever since.
1: You work with him. So what does he like to work with?
2: hes You know, it's funny we... We don't have a lot of, like, day-to-day really, like, interaction where we're, like, just working, you know, shoulder to shoulder or anything because I kind of just run my department and I try to be as professional as I can let him do his job. And, you know, I'm not up in his office telling jokes and bullshitting with him. He's got a job to do, you know, so. (laughs) He's great to work with you. He uh, takes his job very seriously and he works very hard. It makes it that easier for us, that much easier for all of us to want to work hard when the main person really, really puts his nose to the ground and works, you know.
1: You're also a vocalist. I want to tell all the listeners out there, if you go on YouTube, there's this really nice performance of the song, in other words, which a lot of people call Fly Me to the Moon. Oh, yeah. You really did it nicely. So what singers oh, thank you. What singers do you admire?
2: I always like, I love all the, the old R&B guys. Not old, but I mean, like I said, Jackie Wilson's room in the beginning, Danny Hathaway, of course, Michael McDonald, Stevie Wonder. Those are all my, like, big heroes that I love. But, I mean, I also, too, love the crooners. I love Frank Sinatra. I love all those guys, too. But, yeah, all the soul guys really got me when I was a kid. They were, that's where I... That's what I would sit in the mirror and try to learn all their licks and everything. You know, if I could.
1: Do you compose music?
2: I have. I've written some songs. Mostly melody and lyrics and stuff. But I don't consider myself a big composer. But I did write the theme. I co-wrote the theme. So I did that. So that's... a. I'm proud of that, but uh, I don't like sit down and compose stuff much, you know, but I've, I've written some stuff, but I had a record out in 94 and Virgin, I co-wrote some stuff in like that. And still with some, uh, a couple of bands I've written some stuff too, but that would become a big composer, you know?
1: <laughs> well, who did you write the theme with?
2: I wrote it with a guy named Les Pierce, who's, he's actually produced stuff for Earth and Fire and different things. He, he produced some stuff on my record, and he always said, I mean, I told him if I ever had an opportunity for us to actually write something of weight, I'd always include him. So I did. Also, to uh, Jimmy Kimmel's little brother, Jonathan Kimmel, wrote the lyrics, which consists of, it's Jimmy Kimmel Live, so he, he's a part writer, too. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's kind of interesting, because on The Late Show with David Letterman, mm-hmm. I think that famous theme song was written by their band leader, Paul Schaefer. I'm- oh, Yeah. I'm very curious to know, do you know Paul or have you met him?
2: I've been fortunate enough to yes get to know him to meet him and get to know him and kinda of hang out with him a little bit a few times. And he's great. Jimmy and I grew up big David Letterman fans when we were kids. So obviously I was a fan of everybody on the show and Paul was me being a musician, I really admired him and was a big fan of his too before, you know, so to have this gig and to be able to talk to him about it. It's really, really fun and he's he was very forthcoming and a lot of great advice and a lot of, you know, shared stories about you know our position because there's not there's not a lot of us in the country. So.
1: What is he like just in terms of his personality?
2: He's great. He's kind of what, I mean he's what you think he would be but he's not as animated obviously but he's great. He's just down down to earth and funny and witty and very very knowledgeable about music and a lot of things.
1: Our special guest is Clito Escobedo the 3rd. You've performed with Paula Abdul. Yes. Yeah. What was that experience like?
2: Well, at the time it was it was really fun. I mean, it was a, it was she was like doing very very well, and it was it was a pretty big tour. I back then it was like her, Paula, and Madonna. You know, the big three pop stars. So when I got that gig, I was very very excited because it was my first major tour that I was you know I, I'd been playing in Las Vegas for a few years. So when I got that, it was it was very exciting to go out and see the world and play arenas and. I had a few step outs on that tour, so it was fun to play solo in front of twenty thousand people, which I had never done before. It's quite the rush, but it was really fun. It also led me to my first, my first and only, as it were, a record deal. Because she helped me get signed to Virgin, so that was kind of a cool gig for me in, in, in a few ways. You know.
1: There's no doubt that some of the biggest names come through Jimmy Kimmel Live. Who has been the nicest person that you've met?
2: You mean just big, like movie star or whatever, or anybody? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the person that you've met that it was unbelievable how friendly or how kind they were.
2: For me personally, I mean, I get to, you know, music people come up first, but Dave Grohl was like the coolest dude that I've met. Yeah. I mean, there's been a, a lot of big names that are very nice, but just he, he was one of the first ones we met. We were kind of an upstart show and it was very, very cool to all of us in the band. And like, you know, he's arguably one of the biggest rock stars in the world and was very down to earth and it was. Cool to meet him when he was one of my heroes and he was just like one of
1: us. What about musicians that you've been the most excited to meet that have come through?
2: Well, I mean, I, I, I cannot mention that I got to meet Paul McCartney, which was pretty incredible. And I met him like by chance. I, I, I happened to be in the green room. We just walked by and he just said hi. It was very nice. And I was just kind of like, wow, <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> but I've been able to meet you know, Sting and like one of my all-time favorites too, Michael McDonald, and he said I went to band, just to be able to talk to him and and actually sing with him and hear his voice coming through my ear monitors it was very really exciting, just because I've been such a fan of his all my life since my childhood and and yeah, then again I, I can cannot mention Dave again because Uggol is just, I mean he's one of the all-time heroes, so it's great to talk to him.
1: What is the best thing about being Cleto Escobedo the third?
2: Well. <laughs> I have a great family and I have great friends. I'm fortunate enough to get to spend a lot of time with my family and I get to spend time with my friends and play with all my best friends because all my friends are in the band as well. And my father and you know my, one of my oldest best friends is my boss. So it's pretty, everything's pretty cool. I mean, I can't complain. I got a great gig and still having a really good time doing it.
1: What would you like to say to anyone who listens to this interview?
2: I don't know, I maybe to see you know, young musicians is to just keep at it. You never know where you're gonna land in this business. i toured around with a lot of people, and you know i of course, I wanted to be a recording artist. I had shots at that, some stuff didn't work out. I had some really fun gigs, some really not so fun gigs, but you know you never know where you're gonna land and it just this kind of came out of the blue, and it's been a great thing since my career and uh I guess my just what I'm trying to say is just like never you know never stop reaching for your dream because you just never know where you can end up might not be your exact dream, but it might end up being pretty pretty cool.
1: My last question, who is Cleto Escobedo III?
2: (laughs) Just a lucky, simple guy who likes to enjoy life and have fun and love his friends and family.
1: Thank you very much for this interview.
2: Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: It's a pleasure.
2: Take care, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon.
0: Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepauleslie.com. That's thepauleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primorano, the entertainer.